Hey folks, welcome to the second episode of GV360 Weekly, a weekly podcast on politics, economy and society. I am your host Adnan and today we will be talking to Professor Saddam Issa on how ISIS is imagined and pictured by several independent artists in local Arab newspapers. Hello Professor Issa. Hello, how are you Adnan? Uh, yes, I am good. Professor Isha is an assistant professor at the linguistics department of Michigan State University. His research interests range from discourse analysis and social linguistics to research on anxiety in the classroom, the use of technology, visual rhetoric, and lastly political cartoons. He has also published articles in a number of journals including Al Arabia, Pragmatics and Society, Arabic Studies Quarterly, the Journal of Politeness Research, Popular Music and Society, Visual Studies, and the Journal of Graphic Novels and Comics. He is currently working on a book on Arabic political cartoons. Professor Isa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. While reading some of your amazing scholarly work, Uh, ranging from topics like ISIS to Charlie Hebdo to Arab Spring revolutionaries, I observed that a lot of it is about culture and affect. What is it about culture and affect that intrigues you to write such papers? Okay, thank you for this uh, important uh, question. Uh, I believe that the type of work I'm doing is somehow understudied. This is why I'm trying to eliminate this understudied aspect of the Arabic culture. Culture, as you know, is the mirror of any society. Through their culture, uh, people can understand the nations. So my work is a modest attempt to understand Arabs and the Arab uh, and the uh, the Arabic countries. This is particularly important at this current time. Uh, with what we see of negative stereotypes spread about the Middle East, about the people of the Middle East, about Arabs, about Muslims, okay, in some Western uh, countries. In other words, my work is a response to these negative stereotypes promoted by some Western media and other social media outlets by shedding light on the true picture of Arabs and the Arab world. Professor Issa, as a Muslim myself, I really relate with what you said. Uh, Moving on further, since the discussion of this podcast is going to be mostly centered around your paper, quote, picturing atrocity, visual representation of ISIS in Arabic political cartoons, unquote. So for the benefit of those who might not have read your paper, can you talk a little on what were the key questions and findings in this paper? Cool. Uh, just connecting uh, uh, the topic of my paper to the to my answer for your first question, I'm trying through through, uh, through this paper, uh, which is entitled "Picturing Atrocity uh, About ISIS uh, Practices, Brutal Practices That We've Seen in Their uh, Brutal Videos." I'm trying to through this study to illuminate 
the true uh, picture of the Arabic culture. And that's the motivation for me to write this paper. And also to know the truth about ISIS and ISIS brutal practices. And I've chosen a medium that is not well studied in literature, which is political cartoons. Uh, there are many important and interesting uh, aspects of why I have decided to choose political cartoons. Obviously, political cartoons rely heavily on visuality, pictures, images, obviously, as well as cultural symbols. Uh, but so it's visual. So people, whether they can read or not, can understand mainly the main ideas communicated by uh, political cartoons. And also there is a theory that states that political cartoons represent the public. So what's in the mind uh, of the public, general public, is portrayed in these political cartoons. In other words, what I will show you now and show the audience about the findings of my paper, okay, is actually what Arabs think about ISIS. So the goal of this paper is threefold, showing how the Arab populace sees and views ISIS and its practices through the analysis of some Arabic political cartoons, showing how the concepts of terrorism and Islamophobia are portrayed in these cartoons and showing how Islam and Muslims are depicted in these cartoons in relation to ISIS brutal practices. As the name suggests, ISIS, which is the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria, attempts to associate their practices and ideologies with the values and principles of Islam. ISIS uses distorted interpretations of Islam to justify their brutal practices. In doing so, ISIS tries to convince the public that it represents, quote unquote, the real picture of Islam. And those who don't follow its interpretations of Sharia are infidels and must receive had the Islamic punishment. I argue that the Arabic political cartoons de depict Arabs and Muslims as victims of terror rather than perpetrators of terror. I also argue that the surveyed cartoons use metaphoric language in depicting ISIS as an evil other, not only to, human to humanity and a global security, but also to Islam, which they are using as a cover to justify their brutal practices. The construction of the other is based on othering them. The surveyed cartoons use depictions of the other as evil and demonic as a representational tool of the abstract concepts of terrorism. Using Laswell's 1950 words, the surveyed cartoons try to rage at the immorality of the other by using, and this, in, uh, as I, my study shows, by using metaphors of the other and us in depicting ISIS. Further, the study seeks to understand how the abstract concept of terrorism is visually represented in Arabic political cartoons through the category of the other and how this visual representation further works as a source of action or as a speech act to perform a specific action. The surveyed cartoons are examined as speech acts of visuality. 
Therefore, this study asks what actions these cartoons intend to perform. Particularly, the study tries to answer the following questions. What are the different verbal, visual, or visual strategies cartoons use in order to portray the concept of terrorism? What are the functions of these portrayals? How do Arabic political cartoons portray ISIS and its practices in relation to the global discussion on terrorism and Islamophobia? As for the findings of this study, the Arabic political cartoons communicate a plethora of information about ISIS and how its practices are situated within the Islamo-political debate. The surveyed cartoons indicate that ISIS is portrayed as a terrorist organization and therefore as an enemy. ISIS and its practices pose a threat not only to Westerners, but also to Arabs and Muslims. This threat, uh, threat posed by ISIS makes them take on the traits of Oriental others. And in this case, I'm using Edward Said's term, Oriental others. Through these portrayals and cartoons, the cartoons use different metaphorical characterization of the enemy as agent, including such as labels as murderers, gangsters, barbarians, invaders, outsiders, and, sn and snakes. In What Do Pictures Want by uh, W.G.T. Mitchell, W.G.T. Mitchell stated that the caricature takes the stereotype and deforms it or disfigures it, exaggerating some features or rendering the figure of the other in terms of some subhuman object in order to ridicule and humiliate. Ridiculing and humiliate, uh, humiliating and dehumanizing the other aim ultimately at creating a hostile imagination to justify a communal resistance and rejection of ISIS as a terror organization. Findings uh, also indicate that ISIS is portrayed as a savage aggressor driven by irrational desires for spreading violence and false interpretations of Sharia to justify its violence through showing the different brutal practices, not only to humanity, but also to human cultural heritage represented by destroying the ruins in Syria. The Arabic cartoons try to establish the enemy's culpability and hence leads them to engage in aggression ritual. The rhetorical goal of such visual depiction is to promote public resentment and rejection of ISIS as the other. The, these are the main findings of my paper. Uh, right, right. Thank you for that. I mean, in all the discourse on terrorism, we often forget that most of the time the victims are Muslims and more specifically, they are the Arab Muslims. Uh, so my next question to you is, what exactly do you mean by political cartoons portraying quote-unquote Arab ideal in your paper? Okay. Uh, uh, so, first of all, uh, each human being is entitled by what he or she say or says and is entitled by uh, his or her behavior. And here I'm talking generally. Each per person does not necessarily represent what his or her religion uh, taught him. Yes, yes. Because human beings in general make mistakes. And if somebody there makes a mistake, that does not mean that 
that what his or her religion invites him or her to do. As far as religions and religious principles in all the major religions, they all call for peaceful or peacefulness, respect, dignity, equality, punctuality, and so on and so forth of good traits. And Muslims and Islam is not an exception here. But as you mentioned, that there are some Western media try to promote hate speech and negative stereotypes about Muslims and about Islam. And accuse them of being terrorist and for Islam to be a religion of terror. So I try to respond to that because I have the responsibility as a human being, as a Muslim, as an Arab, and as an educator to clarify the picture and present the real picture of Arabs and Islam through this modest contribution, which is based on scientific data and scientific analysis to present the real picture of Arabs and Muslims and the ideal picture of Arabs and Muslims and what's actually happens in the Arab world and what actually Arabs do and behave and what Muslims and Arabs actually look at in this particular paper about at ISIS's practices. Do Arabs support ISIS? Do Muslims support ISIS? When I'm saying do Arabs and Muslims, I mean the general uh, term. Do most Arabs and Muslims support ISIS practices? That's what has been promoted in some Western media. But the fact is that it's quite the opposite. Most Arabs and Muslims don't support ISIS practices. Obviously, ISIS was successful in recruiting uh, some Arab youths, some international youth. And there are many reasons for why ISIS were able uh, to uh, recruit some uh, Arab youth. Uh, part of it, as the, also uh, the cartoons that I have studied showed, is out of frustration from their Arabic leaderships. So the Arabic cartoons criticize the Arabic leaderships, criticize the Arabic regimes for not providing them with equal opportunities, uh, jobs, uh, freedom of speech, and so on and so forth. This is not really, uh, this is not a justification, but this is a clarification for why some Arabs, you know, have joined ISIS or Muslims have joined ISIS. They deceive them, obviously. Deception, that's another strategy used by uh, ISIS. So what I would what I want to say here just in, as a direct response to your question, the Arab ideal is the responses that we've seen that we've seen in this study from the Arabic cartoons towards ISIS practices, which is a mere rejection of their practices. 
and showing that even Muslims were victims, victims of ISIS deceptive strategies. And what happened to most recruited youth people once they reach areas that are governed by ISIS. Many of them were killed, many of them were tortured. And any disobedience for even a, a very single ma uh, matter was received by a tough punishment reached to the level of you know, execution. So Arab ideal is, in my opinion, that I indirectly try to mention in this paper is for one to be himself, for an Arab to be himself or to be herself, because the cartoons, as I said earlier, represent the general public and the general public here resented and rejected ISIS practices. So the Arab ide ide ideals are those who have rejected uh, ISIS, who have rejected their ideologies and who have rejected their rejections. Okay, thank you for that amazing response. Uh, like when you mentioned in, in your response that many people joined ISIS because they weren't satisfied with the regime, they did not like that for some reason, this old African proverb came to my mind. Quote, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Uh, anyways, moving on further, uh, one of the research questions uh, that your paper addressed was how political cartoons portray Islam and Muslims in general. Uh, like um, with your methodology and rigorous research, I'm convinced with the findings of your research. However, there is one thing that is troubling me a little uh, because like coming from a from a Muslim background, I have like um, I have heard let us say from many conservative people within my own extended family, and then there are certain conservative sects within Islam which consider drawing faith as forbidden in religion. How do these artists actually negotiate that? Okay, so you you're talking about here about the the depictions of faces, correct? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, let me tell you something. Uh, so obviously, as far as I know, that uh, depicting the faces of a prophets, not only the prophet Muhammad, the, the, the prophet of Muslims, but depicting the face of God, obviously, and there's a story about it, representing God in one of the controversial cartoons uh, that uh, was shared uh, the cartoon was drawn by uh, an anonymous cartoonist and shared by a political uh, Jordanian writer in his Facebook, depicting God in, in a human being. Then uh, uh, depicting God, how God treats ISIS in paradise, in Jannah. And that created lots of uh, controversy in Jordan. Eventually, the, polit uh, the political Jordanian political writer who uh, apologized for the sharing of the cartoon, I didn't mean to, you know, depict God as a human being, okay, was obviously suited by the Jordanian government and eventually, unfortunately, was assassinated, okay, in front of the courts, Jordanian Supreme Court. Just to tell you how sensitive 
the issue is to represent God and a human being. This is a prohibited in Islam. The same thing for all prophets. It's prohibited to depict a, a prophet in a picture, in a particular picture. But as far as, as well as the uh, five, what we call in Islam, the five rightedly guided uh, caliphs, those who uh, were responsible for leading the Islamic State after the death of, of the Prophet Muhammad, there are five caliphs. Those also are not allowed to depict them in uh, particular pictures. But other than that, to depict somebody's uh, in a picture, to draw somebody's picture, it's, quote unquote, a controversial issue in the Arabic culture. Uh, some people uh, said, uh, no, people should not even, should not take pictures of themselves and print that picture and frame it, put it in the wall. Some said it's fine, but even those who said it should not, shouldn't happen, they are not strict about it, okay? So, uh, like as much as if, if it was a Prophet Muhammad was depicted in a particular picture, or if it was a, any, like, uh, if, if, uh, if a, any other Prophet was depicted in that particular uh, format, people will definitely be strict about it and could create like a huge controversy. But for the general public, this is generally speaking, fine. Yes, some of them say, no, this is what we call in Islam haram, forbidden, but they're not that much strict about it. And some even uh, religious scholars, Muslims, have their own Facebook accounts and they have their profile pictures, their pictures or some of them, they have a drawing of their pictures. So for political cartoonists to draw human beings or depict like an Arabic present, for example, with a, 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 with a particular drawing not, that does not necessarily refer to a particular Arabic president, this is totally fine. People accept that. They don't truly mind it, okay? The only thing that they mind is a picture of God Allah, Muslims God, or a picture of any of the prophets, not only the prophet Muhammad, but also, but also any other prophets, they would definitely mind it. Plus, as I said, the five right, rightly guided caliphs. Uh, right, right. Uh, so, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, that many popular narratives claim that Muslims in general are radical and uh, they may restrict everything, like even drawing political cartoons. However, it is not true, as you mentioned, like, like people don't make a fuss around that. And then there are several people who also claim that Muslims want to overthrow the modern state and replace it with some kind of a theocratic system, which is like a very, very dystopian theocratic system. We saw some of the very, very popular politicians in US like Ben Shapiro uh, claiming, quote, we are about 800 million Muslims radicalized. More than half of the Earth's Muslim are uh, radicalized. And it is not a minority, it's a majority, unquote. And this claim was, of course, proven false by a fact checker called Politfact. 
and then there are countless number of far right groups preaching hate towards muslim in my country india as well we see this dehumanizing coverage of muslims a recent case in point is there is a religious group in india called tablighi jamaat they were called as a corona virus hotspot and then there is in indian civil service exam called upsc and it said that muslims who appear for upsc they want to conduct some kind of a jihad inside upsc i mean jihad as a word is understood really really wrongly by most of the people right and then these are the reasons which are even cited in india to actually exclude muslim immigrants from the citizenship amendment act because they are the oppressors in some other country uh professor isa although i don't want this podcast to end but i have to let you go my final question to you is as a scholar who studied cartoons picturing atrocities for islamic state as well as who have interacted who has lived actually who is a arab and a muslim himself and uh, who has also studied uh, about great cultural revolutionaries like ibrahim kashkosh uh, what is your take on popular claims on muslims by mainstream media in west as well as now in asia okay. uh, this is really a very important question and at the same time it's uh, complicated to provide like really a very comprehensive answer because there are many factors involved uh, that one should take into account in answering this question first and foremost for any that's a call for any muslim is to be himself or herself we are all human beings have been created by the same god okay we are not different from others all religions call for peace tolerance equality and so on and so forth so muslims are not different from any other people who may have different religions unfortunately islam is targeted but also there are other uh, groups that have are are targeted too look at the what happened in the asian spa a couple of weeks ago okay so uh there a lot of work to do uh that each one of us can do peacefully to hopefully help change uh some attitudes taken by some uh you know right far media in the west in general but as i said at the very beginning face and foremost one should be himself herself uh second this event this podcast is also an attempt to help people get the real picture about other religions about other minorities okay me as an educator have a role to play for example publishing articles about this would definitely help second uh teaching courses about such topics will be eye opening for our students for example this summer i'm teaching a class about arabic culture through arabic movies this is a great opportunity for students 
to, to know a lot about the Arabic culture through studying authentic materials, films, and see the richness of the Arabic cultures. And I'm saying Arabic cultures because I'll be talking about, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about movies from different Arabic countries. And there is no one Arabic culture because each Arabic country has its own Arabic culture. So, so this is why I'm using the plural form Arabic cultures. Also, I'm leading a study abroad program in Jordan. I take average of 17 students every year, except last year, maybe this year, because of the pandemic. And they spend nine weeks in Jordan. They stay with Jordanian host families, visits the most important touristic sites in Jordan, study Arabic language and culture academically. And also their experience overall will help them learn a lot about the Jordanian culture in specific and the Arabic culture in general. So those students, when they come back, they talk to their, to their friends, families. They'll convey what they see, which is the real picture of the Arabic culture, the, re the real picture of Muslims in Jordan, the real picture of Arabs who live in Jordan. So there also, there should be some work to be done at the university level by encouraging the introduction of such courses at each unit, at each program, at each university, offering more and more courses about the cultures, not only about the culture, the Arabic culture, but also about Asian cultures because Asians were targeted two weeks ago, okay? And there should be national endeavor, okay, to eliminate the beautiful aspects of the Asian cultures, of the Arabic cultures, okay? Uh, so that's mainly uh, my response, which is a practical uh, to some negative stereotypes being uh, promoted by some uh, far-right uh, Western media. Very beautifully put, uh, Professor Isa. We are all human beings first. The I yes. guess the more we discover, the more we read, the more we learn, uh, the more we understand that we don't know. I guess we will grow. Absolutely, I totally agree. Thank you, Professor Isa, for speaking with us today. To our listeners, see you next week. <laughs>